boy is eating. The boy is your name. What is your name? She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee of us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Ian Kennedy. And so today, in spirit of my philosophy major in college, we're going to talk about ethical quandaries. So these are ethical dilemmas that are not that easy to answer. There's always consequences, and it's a matter of kind of where your conscience lies. And there's no right or wrong answer, right? It's just kind of how strongly you feel either way. And so some of these questions are going to be pretty difficult, okay? So again, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online. Okay, Ian, first question. Pretty hard, pretty hard here. There's Again, no right or wrong answer. We won't judge you. All right, I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> okay, so for this scenario, you're driving to work, you know, listening to music, maybe having a coffee, and all of a sudden someone comes into the road and you hit them and you kill them. But an, another car also comes and hits you. You both get out of the car. The other woman who's driving the car thinks that she hit that person and killed them and starts apologizing, crying. I can't believe I hit that person. Do you say anything? Do you correct her or, you, or do you just kind of be silent? That's a good one. It's a tough one. All the ones we talk about today are going to be tough. This is a good one to start out with. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one's a typical one, right? Do you, do you take the fall for what you really did and presumably go to jail, right? Or do you let this woman who's hysterical, who believes that she's caused the problem, the accident, the death, do you let her take that guilt and then you are able to, to live your life as you want? I think um, as, as tempting it is to say, you know, if she believes that it was her that did it, tempting as it is to say, just let her do it and think that and live your life as usual. I, I could never live with myself. I think the guilt would just completely drive me crazy. And I wouldn't be able to live a normal life or live a happy life knowing that, you know, I let this woman take the fall and go to jail for something that I actually did. In life, if you make a mistake, I think you have to own up to it regardless of the consequences. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. But I think just for my own soul, I would, have to, I would have to admit to it. I agree. I think maybe, though, in that situation, because a car crash is such a blur and kind of a very intense moment, and this woman is really claiming that she did it, I feel like I would probably answer more, I think I probably did it, instead of being like, I did it, it was me. Because it's kind of like, why is this woman thinking that she hit the guy? That's a really good point. You know, it's like, maybe maybe if it's not so black and white, like it's not very noticeable exactly who's responsible, then maybe you're right. I think maybe you could take more of a, an approach of, look, I think it was me, it could have been me, instead of putting your hand up and saying it was me for sure. So that's a good nuance you've added to the, the situation that makes it even more difficult. Yeah, well, I just think like, obviously, the fear of prison is terrifying. So it's like, you're in this intense moment where maybe you blacked out for a sec. And you're like, why does she think she did it? I think I did it. So you kind of question whose memory is better. So I would be like, I'm pretty sure I did it so that no one's taking the fault. 
that's something I did and just let the facts kind of show in the end would be probably my take but yeah the more you the more you mention that the more I think of maybe some crime scene investigation would need to to come yeah. into play to really determine who did what okay what's your question yeah so I got a good one for you Paige this one this one's a classic one I think a lot of people have probably asked themselves so here it is so you're an eyewitness to a crime where a man has robbed a bank but instead of keeping the money for himself, he donates the money to a poor orphanage so that, you know, poor kids can have clothes and food and, you know, take care of these kids. And so obviously, you know that this guy committed the crime. So if you go to the authorities with the information, the police, there's a good chance the money's going to go back to the bank and meaning that that money can't be used for those kids now. So do you tell the authorities about the robbery or do you let the money stay with the orphanage, with the poor kids? You're right. That's kind of like a classic ethical dilemma. I think that given this situation, I would not report him because it is for a good cause and it's you're robbing a bank. It's not like you're robbing a mom and pop shop or, you know, it's, it's a bank that probably has insurance that, you know, has enough money as is. But I think what's difficult in that situation is that, you know, does this open the door that everyone's just going to go robbing banks and doing whatever cause they want? So I, I think in that scenario, I would not report him. But it is it is complicated as like a general philosophy. Exactly. It, it makes it a lot more difficult to to say because of where the money's going, right? It would be one thing if the money was going to something selfish or to somebody who didn't need the money or someone who's just truly a criminal and wants that for themselves. But when you put it in a Robin Hood sense of, you know, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, or giving to these children who clearly really need the help, then yeah, it becomes a little bit more difficult, right? So it's, it's not such a black and white answer in that sense. So I think I probably would make the same choice, even though I, I don't think it's it's necessarily right. In this case, it's going to a good cause and it's going to people who really need it. And and like you mentioned, you know, you know, it's not good to steal from a bank, but this is something that happens and, and they have policies in place to, to recover that money and, and that insurance. So I think in the end, I would let the money stay with the poor kids. Okay, next one. So this one is about landlords. So you're moving out of your apartment and you know that you severely damage some of the kitchen appliances, but your landlord isn't gonna notice the damage until after she gives you your security deposit back. Do you say anything or do you just try to get away with it? Man, this is a hard one. I've had a lot of landlords in my life too, and most of them I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> so part of me wants to say that I wouldn't say anything. I would take my security deposit and run. Mm -hmm. uh, because of the way I've been treated by some landlords. But this this isn't, I don't think that's, this is fair to apply to all landlords or, you know, obviously my opinion's biased because of my experiences. So like I say, I think if it was a landlord I didn't like, the answer's obvious. You don't say anything. But I think if it's a landlord who I really liked, who was always genuine with me, always good with me, I'd probably just own up to it. Because again, it comes back to sort of the, the first question, the guilt. Yeah. You know, if it's a good person, a nice person, and then all of that is put on them, 
when really it was my fault, then I'm not going to feel good about that. And so, yeah, it might be expensive. I probably won't get my security deposit back, but I guess I can sleep at night knowing that I technically did the right thing in my mind. But if it's a landlord I don't like, then uh, I'm out the door. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, I think a factor for me would be how much are they overcharging me? Because a landlord always overcharges. That's how they make their profit. And I think there's a moral amount to overcharge and then them just being stingy and taking advantage of you. And so I've definitely had some landlords that have charged probably double just because they could. If I'm living in a house, even if the guy's nice and he's double charging me, I'm like, mm, you can afford to fix the appliances. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's a good point, too. That's a good point. They can probably afford it because they've added in that expense. So, okay. You got another one for me? Yeah. Okay. Here's one for you. Okay. So, you have a job as a network administrator for a company, and they also employ your best friend's husband. And so, one day, your best friend's husband sends you a message asking you to release an email. And this requires you to open the email. And when you open it, you find out that it's a conversation between this guy and a secret lover. So after releasing that email, you kind of find yourself in a difficult situation or a pickle sometimes we say in the US. Your instinct is to tell your best friend about the infidelities. But if you talk about the contents of the company email, it's you know obviously against the company policy to release this information and you could be fired. So once it becomes obvious that your best friend found out about their cheating husband through the company email, it's all going to lead back to you if you leak it. So do you tell your friend about what's going on with the secret lover or do you stay quiet to save your job? Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, I think, I think my first approach would probably be to confront the husband and say, you know, I saw the email. Uh, you have to tell her like, if you don't tell her, I will. So I think I would take that approach. And if he didn't tell her, I think I would risk my job. Because if it's my best friend and she's like married and thinks, you know, her life is different. I couldn't live with myself hanging out with them all the time and being with them. And, you know, I would prefer being a good friend over my job. What, exactly. what about you? Yeah, no, I feel the same way. It's like, you know, basically the, the question kind of comes down to do you value your job or your relationship with your friend more? Mm -hmm. And so I, I would take the same approach as, as you. I would confront it head on and say, look, you need to you need to tell them or I'm going to say something. Mm -hmm. If they refuse, then, you know, again, I think my if it's my best friend, my best friend's more important to me than a job. So I think I would have to tell my my best friend because like you said, there's no way I could live with myself if they stayed together, if they got married, they had a family and you never said anything. And so basically that whole existence or that whole relationship is kind of built on a lie. And so, you know, obviously your job is very important, but I don't put a job over an important relationship yeah. in my, my own mind. So it's tough, but again, you gotta, you gotta go with protecting your friend over protecting your job, I think. I mean, you said earlier, I think that question, can I sleep at night with this decision is how I make a lot of these decisions. They would eat away at you if you didn't say anything. Exactly. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth it. No. Coffee with Gringos officially has over 100 episodes, and we are among the top podcasts in Chile. And that's thanks to you. 
but we're always working to grow our audience. So make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, and even Snapchat. But most importantly, rate, review, and share us with all of your friends, family, and coworkers. And if you want to take your English education to the next level, sign up for private or group classes with native English-speaking teachers at dynamicenglish.co. Next one for you. This one, I think, is something that different cultures would have different answers on. And I think that's with a lot of these ethical dilemmas is it's cultural, right? How you're raised, you know, what religion you follow kind of teaches your morals and ethics, right? And I think for this question, it is a little culturally different. So now that you're an adult, you're, you know, self-sufficient financially, you're out of the house. Do you think you owe your parents anything? That's a good one. Yeah, I think I definitely owe my parents a lot. You know, they brought me into the world. They they raised me. They paid for my school. They've done so much for me and been so great. So it's a tough question, you know, especially when you look at things that will happen in the future, like family member gets sick. Do you move home to take care of them? You know, basically asking, you know, would you sacrifice your own personal development or your own life to take care of them? And that's, that's really tough. But I think ultimately, again, it would come down to the, to the sleeping at night or the soul part. Yeah. And I think for me, I, you know, it's hard too, because I live on the other side of the world for my parents. And so I actually have to kind of think about this. If one of them got sick, would I move from Chile back to Missouri to take care of them? And I think, I think the question would have to be yes, because, you know, it's important to live your own life and do what you need to do what you want to do. But Ultimately, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for them. So I think ultimately, I would just have to, I'd have to go back and take care of them if that was the case. But I know, I know it's not so, it's, it's not such an easy question. I know maybe like, like you said, in different cultures, it's kind of different when you have a lot of family members living together in cultures, for example, like in Latin America, I would assume it's probably more of a common answer to say, yes, you feel in debt to your parents and to take care of them. But if you compare to other cultures, maybe in Europe or North America, there's maybe more of a sense of more independence. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's, um, you would consider different options, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a different family member could do that job for you. Or, you know, in the case of being sick or old, you could put them in a nice nursing home if that's something they were okay with. So again, like you said before, like we really have to caveat it with the, the cultural parts that come along with this question. So for me personally, that's my answer, but I don't think I could judge anybody based on their answer. Are you the oldest of your siblings? Yeah, I'm the oldest. I think, I feel like that is something that is always in play is that the oldest is kind of the one responsible of taking care of the parents when they get older. I don't agree with that. I think it should be a shared responsibility because you were both raised in the same home and given the same opportunities. Uh, I think that's a lot of burden for one person. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, that's that's a good point. You know, even in my own family, um, my grandma's sick right now. And so all three, my mom and my aunts, all three of them take turns together taking care of her. So I think you make a good, you know, are we going to all do this together or are we going to find a, a solution that works for everyone, including the parents? Parent because you don't want to put all that responsibility on just on just one child, right? That's um, it's not really fair. All right, Paige, I'll ask you one last one for today. Okay, so this is another one that's a pretty classic question that gets asked. So here's the scenario: you have a train track and a train is coming, and you have five people that are tied up together on the tracks. They can't move, and 
the train is barreling towards them. Now there's also one other person that you can push in front of these five people on the train tracks. And this person will die because you push them, but they will stop the train from crushing and killing the five other people. And so the question is, do you allow the train to kill the five people who are already on the track and you aren't guilty of pushing the person who's alive on the tracks? Mm -hmm. Or do you push the person onto the tracks in order to save the five people? That's a doozy. Um, I definitely agree with the philosophy of saving more lives is better, but the fact that I'd be pushing this person makes me a murderer, which is a lot of guilt to have. So to be honest, I probably would do nothing. Even though like I know saving five people is the right answer, I think actually pushing someone and like staring in their eyes while I do it would just like haunt me forever. <laughs> well, I never said you had to stare in their eyes, but well, that's, I mean, that's a good point. They're probably going to see it coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I know. It's really, really tough. And, you know, like you said, you see, you see both sides of it. And so I'm going to play the devil's advocate here and say, I, I think that I would push the person and, oh my God, it sounds terrible to say, you know, like, because you would feel like, you would feel like a murderer. Yeah. And of course you'd feel terrible for that person who wasn't on the tracks. They never deserve that. And that's in order to save five other people, you know? So it becomes a question of, do you save more lives mm -hmm. or, you know, do you not live with yourself as a murderer? That's, that's really hard. I think we might've saved the hardest one for last even. It is, it so. is really hard. I think one factor that would change my decision would be the ages of everyone. So like if there were like two children who are part of the five group, and the guy I'm pushing is like, you know, 60 years old or a little older, I would probably feel more inclined to be like, you know, the five people, especially the children would outweigh it. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's, it's tough actually pushing someone that throws a wrench into it. <laughs> right. And it's, it's easy to say while we're here on zoom, just talking to each other. But if I was in that situation, who knows, you know, you'd have a split second to, to make that decision. And then you'd have to live with the consequences forever. Oh, I don't know. These questions are really, uh, they're really getting my brain going. They're really making <laughs> me think about my morals and my ethics as a person. I know. Probably disclaimer to our listeners, like not to listen to this episode at night. You'll have some weird dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Might have trouble sleeping after this yeah. one. So. No, I mean, as we said from the beginning, there's no right or wrong answer. They're really just tough. And unfortunately, you know, one you make, might sound bad, but the other way is really difficult too, so. Hopefully we never have to make these, yeah. these decisions in real life, right? True, so <laughs> true. So remember listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just wanna learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.